most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome to episode 166 of Keeping Up With The Joneses. This week we're talking about how to live for the next season without sabotaging the one you're in. And AJ Jones, you've just walked in the door. Where have you been? I have been at a retreat center just outside of St. Louis with the ladies of Southgate. Shout out to the ladies of Southgate. That's where you've been. I was wondering. <laughs> You're like, you just disappeared. I thought you went to Whole Foods yeah. and got lost. Yeah, no, no, no. A whole was, weekend. Yeah, a whole that weekend. would make sense why mm-hmm. I was staying up late watching YouTube videos and you weren't like, turn off your phone. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> Did you make wise sleeping decisions while I was gone? <laughs> it's impossible to sleep well without you. Oh, that's nice to know. I know. I just, I'm like, where? Are, well, it's got its benefits. It does. Well, number, You can sleep like a starfish. I absolutely sleep in star formation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I keep, have no doubt that you do because you try and do it while I'm in the bed. <laughs> I, keep all, I keep all my electronics in the bed rather than on the nightstand. So it's It's, it's wonderful. just easier to reach it, isn't it? And this is not good because I, I pretend I'm back in college and I'm up to like one o'clock in the morning watching dumb YouTube videos, which just, I, there's a couple of videos this, that I watched that just absolutely cracked me up. I mean, I was laughing oh, out loud. But when you're in college, you didn't have three children that were going to wake you up at 7am. No, I didn't have responsibility or a job. <laughs> so I was like, this well is, done, and then when you were away, like it's hard to make, I'm speaking completely passively and powerlessly here. It's really hard when you're away to make good sleeping and eating choices. There, there's the words of a powerful person. <laughs> I'm like, oh, are we making good sleeping and eating choices when I am here? <laughs> Much better. <laughs> oh, no. What did you eat? <laughs> oh, it's it's not what I ate. It's the volume of what I ate. Oh, dear. And, you know, you, you left. You left marshmallows here. You asked me to buy marshmallows so that you could make s'mores with the children. And we did. Let's there just was say, some left. <laughs> it was used for s'mores. Yes. But then, Is there any left? No, there's no. no. Don't be ridiculous. Babe. Is there any left? Baby, it was fueled. Do you, do you I see? bought a massive bag of marshmallows. <laughs> did you see how tiny the house was? Friday. <laughs> <laughs> did you see how tiny the house was when you came in? Um. Yes. The cleanliness of this house was fueled by marshmallows. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I'm happy to buy marshmallows anytime. <laughs> but oh. it was so, I mean, I just want to tell you people, I walked into an immaculate house and it just made my heart sing because nothing's screaming at me. It's beautiful. I had a really interesting conversation with the kids while you were away. Oh. About love tanks. Oh. And okay. when AJ's away, the easiest way for me to get through the weekend is just have a plan. And our kids love a plan. And so we, I just fill up the days with enough activities where I get space and they don't feel neglected. So, for example, Saturday, they they knew the plan. At 11.30, we're going to go to Chick-fil-A. 12.10, we're going to go to the Lego Ninjago movie. Then we had to go to Best Buy. Then we had to go to Walgreens. Then we're going to go hang out with the Zayas at 3.30. Then we're going to come home. Then we're going to have burgers with Rich and Michelle. And then we're going to do s'mores. And then we're going to go to bed. So they know it. And so, you know, they're awake at seven and I just say, this is the plan. Can daddy have between seven and 11.30 to himself? And they're like, yep. And they just go off and play on their iPads. And at 11.30, they come downstairs and they're dressed and they're ready to go. And I'm like, this is amazing. But anyway, we go to the Lego Ninjago movie. <laughs> yeah. And we come out and they're in the car and they're, and Abby, who's our oldest, she's like, now they're all quite emotionally fluent. They're all like in the movie mm-hmm. and <laughs> in the movie. There's like a father-son scene. MJ gets out of his seat, comes over to me, crawls up into my lap, and then says, I think I'd like to cry now. <laughs> I was like, Cutie. So they're all quite emotionally fluent, but yeah. Abby especially. 
she, you know, she's picked up on words of affirmation. So she gets in the car and she says, Daddy, thank you so much for making this a fun day for us. Thank you for taking us to see the Lego Ninjago movie. And then the rest of them follow her lead and they're like, yeah, thank you, Daddy. That was lovely. And I was like, oh, guys, thank you. You know, d- you know, that's really filled my love tank. And they're like, and MJ's like, what's your love tank? I'm sure he's thinking like tank as in like, <laughs> rotary gun. <laughs> So I start. I explain to them like it, your love tank is a container inside you that gets filled up or depleted by things you love or things that hurt your heart, and mm-hmm. they instantly got it. And mm-hmm. so I said it gets filled in five ways. So then they all start talking about the ways their their love tanks are filled, and it's all quality time, um, physical touch, and gifts. Yeah. And so they uh, we just it's just such a great conversation. I don't oh, even good. know how we got onto this topic. Oh, they were talking about acts of service. And so today they said, Daddy, why are you cleaning the house? And I'm like, it makes mommy feel loved. And they're like, oh, like she feels the way we do when we go to see the Lego Ninjago movie. I'm like, yeah, that's right. So they're talking about love tanks. and But now, of course, MJ's got a new phrase. And he's like, you just drained my love tank. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh. Yes, well, he keeps us on our toes. <laughs> well, do you want to? tell our podcast listeners about our, our really interesting <laughs> conversation you had this week with our four-year-old yeah so we're we're sitting actually as uh having a meeting with uh rich and michelle and you know we're meeting at our house and mj is there on his ipad just in the background just in the background you know doing his own thing and uh his his hair is just really cute and fluffy when he's been lying on the floor and he'd been lying on the floor so i looked at the back of his head and i just said oh buddy you just have such a you know, the back of your head's so cute, it looks like a fuzzy duck butt. And he was just like, you know, didn't really say anything. And then like a few minutes later, he's like, do you know what my favorite word is? My favorite word is, and then he says the F word. And I was like, oh! <laughs> so I said, and to begin with, I thought I didn't hear right. And Richard and Michelle, like, just, you know, you're trying not to laugh or react or anything. Their eyes are like huge. And I said, what did you say? And so he said it about again. And he's like, it's my new favorite word. And I'm thinking, how did you, so I was like, where did you hear that word? You know? And he's like, I don't know. And I said, well, did you know, did you hear it from TV or anything? He goes, no, it just came in my head. And I'm like, Oh, fuzzy duck, butt." well you know, done baby. He's, he's like, he's just put it all together and come up with the most offensive word ever. So I was like, Oh buddy, that's a really rude word. We don't say that word. This is a good way to segue into AJ's new product. It's for children. <laughs> it's learn the alphabet through cuss words. A is for? No, it was so funny. So anyway, it was horrifying. It, it was, no, it was equally horrifying and funny, but, um, yeah, we just explained to him, Hey, Hey buddy, that's a rude word. And he's like, why, what does it mean? Well, it's just a rude word, you know. So, uh, anyway, hopefully he doesn't cheat all the other kids. That's your favorite word. Yeah, we we apologize, parents of MJ's friends. Did he say it again this weekend? Are we okay? All right, all right. Well, we should be fine. He was on his best behavior. Oh, good. We, I don't even know how we got to this part of the conversation. (laughs) You were saying you were away in St. Louis on a women's weekend. Yeah. Tell, tell me about that. Oh, it's awesome. Um, there's a church in St. Louis called Southgate, and I think we figured out uh, this weekend that I've gone for the last seven years in a row and just ministered at their women's retreat. And they, they're, um, 
they're, I, you know, I don't know their whole congregation, but their women are remarkable. They're a real tight knit group and they really love each other and they're, you know, they're just really fun to be with. They're like party animals. So I know the men. I've mm-hmm. done their men's weekend several years and uh, I totally agree. They're like all different ages. Yeah. And, and, tight a tight unit they're just it's great it's really fun going back to the same place year after year isn't it because you get to build not just bless yeah and you get to watch them grow and see different things and you know so yeah it was really it was really fun so just did a weekend of uh training on the prophetic and did a whole bunch of new games that i learned and you know so it was it was really fun it's amazing yeah but you literally just got home yeah after driving for six hours yeah you stopped I, at one point, <laughs> I was so proud of you. At one point, I just said, hey, Siri, where's my wife? Yeah. And uh, up came Find My Friends, and it said, AJ Jones is in Metropolis, Illinois. So then I zoomed in, and it said you were at Superman Square in Metropolis. And I was like, oh, this is too good to be true. <laughs> so I texted you and said, where are you? And you sent me a glorious picture I'll link to in the show notes. Okay. They, it was really funny because everybody was like, because we just got out of the car when you sent that text. Like I hadn't even taken a picture yet or anything. And they were like, is he tracking you? Like, how does he know where you are? And I said, he probably just checked on find my friends to see when I'd be home. And here we are in Metropolis. You know, I'm not really sure if it's in Kentucky or, or Illinois. It's somewhere in there anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember what state we were in at that point. We were in a tired state. That's what we were. <laughs> so we took pictures in front of the massive Superman and uh, just got back on the road and came home. But it was fun. Well, welcome home, babe. We missed you. Thanks, babe. Our kids were a riot. Good. I loved it. Good. We've pretty much done our weekly catch up. All that to say that Monday and Tuesday we had Father Heart Week. You were ministering to the students on SOSL. And every mm-hmm. time I popped in, it was amazing. Yeah, it's. I mean, I love I love teaching the Father Heart stuff. So it was great, and you know the students are all leaning in, which is lovely. You know they're they're really going for it. So um, it was a good week. It was, a, it was. I mean, it's been very full couple of weeks, really. Ask me about my new technology, babe. Do you have like any oh my gosh, new I'm technology? So glad you asked. Yes. <laughs> Tell me. Okay. Okay. So on Friday, Apple yes. delivered a brand new Apple TV. Yay! And, uh, that that name's a bit of a misnomer because it sounds like a television screen made by Apple. It's not. It's a tiny little box that connects to your television that allows you to stream movies or download movies from the iTunes Movie Store or from Netflix or Hulu. You can just install apps on it. We've we've used one since the very first generation when they first came out. Yeah, it's just it's a very user friendly interface, isn't it's, it? It's the thing that we use for our TV. We don't have cable or satellite. Are you turned on? I just said user friendly interface. I'm like speaking your geek words. Baby, I love you. Okay. Put on those librarian glasses and say that. It'll be a very short podcast. Don't, don't do it. Those glasses are my kryptonite. Okay. So anyway, they, Apple just released a new one this week built for 4K televisions with something called HDR, which is high dynamic range. Mm-hmm. Basically shows more colors. And so I waited all day on Friday tracking it as I do. And then UPS delivered it. And the guy said, I've delivered about 50 of these today. I was like, that's good to know. Wow. So set it all up, and it's a little bit more complex. It's not Apple. I think the technology is super in its kind of early stages. So I had to turn on some special features on the HDMI port of the TV. I had to go buy a new HDMI cable. But now that it's set up, it is stunning. I uh, ate my dinner just a few minutes ago at nine something at night. 
watching the screensaver of Dubai go by to look for two sharks in a swimming pool that are supposed to be somewhere in the screensaver. Yeah, r- rumor has it that the 4K, they reshot all the screensavers. And th- apparently there's one that flies over Dubai and there's a rooftop swimming pool with two sharks in it that you can see quite clearly. So that's going to be my homework this week to find the sharks. Well, take a picture when you do because I didn't see them this time and I'm a little disappointed. Okay. Uh, the second technology high that I have yes, is I got a Nintendo Switch. You did. And so a Nintendo Switch, for those of you who don't know, is basically the next generation Nintendo game console. Uh, like like a Wii or a Wii U. We had a Wii U. We actually had a Wii and a Wii U, and now we have the Nintendo Switch. And the reason I bought it is because there's a new Mario game coming out next month. And it's, no. it's my favorite world to live in. But I like where... Not Wario Kart. Mario Kart. There we go. I like Mario Kart. Which you said a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't know you liked it, but you really like it. Like, on the Switch, you have been... It's amazing. Our whole family plays it. All four of us. It is really... There's five of us. I know, but we take it in turns. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh dear, which one did you sell while I was away? (laughs) Um, Yes, I I think it's quite fun. And it's really fun to play with like MJ and Tia and Abby because they get so excited. Well, the, the fun thing about this version of Mario Kart is for the first time ever... You can put on like lane guidance. It's a bit like when you go bowling and you put the rails up on the side of the right. The what's that called? Like the bowling alley. Sure. And so the bowling ball won't go into the gutter. Yeah. And so the kids can never fly off. And it you can also have auto accelerate. So MJ loves it. Yeah, because all he has to do is figure out steering. He can't fall off the side, and he doesn't have to remember to keep it going. And truth be told, even if he doesn't steer, it pretty much steers for him. It'll get him to the end. That's how he's beating me. No, just. <laughs> But he, he loves it. I was amazed that you love it. I do. Like, but but it, I sometimes put on the side rail things too. That's fine. Yeah. But the other night, we'd put the kids to bed and you were like, hey baby, do you, you want to play, play Mario Kart? Mario and I was like, Kart. who are you and what have you done with my wife? We did. We played for a while. We did. I'm thinking maybe you'd get into the new Zelda game. No. But you have an outstanding judgment against Zelda. Mm, no, I have trauma about Zelda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thankfully, I'm not really into Zelda, so... Yeah, I, I'm thankful for that, yeah. too. <laughs> but October, I'm looking forward to the new Mario game. And okay. and well, the girls. Um, but what's it going to do? It's like a Champion's Road kind of thing again? It's it's an, another 3D explorable world. It's probably not going to be that interesting to okay. you. But we'll see. Oh, last amazing thing from this weekend. Oh, what? I discovered a new hamburger recipe. And by discovered, I mean I made it up in my head. I'm terrified. It okay. needs some refinement. Okay. <laughs> All right. Buckle up. <laughs> so you bought me some ground beef. I did. To make burgers. So I, I did. did the usual thing. I chopped up some onions, chopped up some garlic, mm-hmm. threw in some soy sauce, mm-hmm. um, you know, salt, pepper, garlic, salt, all the usual stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, you actually bought some pepperoni for the pizza from the night before. So I finally diced the pepperoni and mixed it in. Yeah. And it tasted amazing. Really? Here's what I need to do, though. I need to add more pepperoni. I didn't use enough of it. But when you got a bite of the burger with the pepperoni, it was amazing. Really? Yeah. So we're going to, I'm going to work on that for you. All right. I'll try it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I trust you if you think it was amazing. And I made Cajun fries. You did? Mm -hmm. They were good, too. How did you find a Cajun to cut them up? Well, the secret is to go to Chick-fil-A earlier that day. And take home a bunch of Chick-fil-A sauce. That's what makes it delicious. Well, you just cook normal fries and then smother them in cayenne pepper. Oh. <laughs> but then you use the Chick-fil-A uh, sauce to cut the heat. Oh, good. 
All right. That, that's going to be the okay. longest, <laughs> most rambling weekly catch-up. This is what happens when you record a podcast at 10 p.m. at well, night. And we have been away from each other for weekends, so we we're talking about all the things that nobody else really cares about. But we're like, did I tell you I made burgers and cakes and fries? Really? That's amazing. But this yeah, is what so. I love. If we had people over for dinner right now... Yeah. This is the type of stuff we'd talk about. If we had them over for dinner right now, we'd be bad hosts because it's 10 p.m. <laughs> we'd all be going to bed with indigestion. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on to the main topic for this week. All right. So the main topic is... So full disclaimer, this is absolutely lazy podcasting. Yeah. But it is 10 p.m. on a Sunday night. You've just driven in from St. Louis. Yes, and I have no energy, and I've spent all my words. Well, you, you have you used up all your words because you I were did. teaching all weekend. Yeah. And also, neither of us thought of a topic for the podcast this week. Yeah. We tried. We talked about it all week. And we're mm. like, what about, no, <laughs> no. Oh, well, maybe we could, no. But you came in, and yeah. you said, hey, baby, what did you speak on this morning? And I tried talking about it, and you were like, actually, this would be good for the podcast. Yeah. So if you heard me speak yesterday morning at church this is a recap of that which may or may not interest you if it doesn't we'll see you next week if you didn't get to hear it or if you would like to hear another version of it stay the tuned 10 p.m at night version mm-hmm. of it yeah all right babe so hit us what did you talk on well here's the thing i normally when i come to speak i have a very clear view of where i'm going like i love to teach mm-hmm. like Here's my objectives. You know, I, I just think from my lesson planning days. This was not one of those mornings. I, I'd spent the week really with the Lord, reflecting on a bunch of things, and I felt like there were like a really diverse thoughts, but they all kind of linked to each other. But basically, I started by asking everybody the question: What is your relationship with God built on? And the trouble is, when you ask questions like that, it's all like easy answers, like Jesus, and you're like, yeah. But what I mean is, like, what's your relationship with God built around? Like, what is the focus of the conversation you have with the Lord? And is that sustainable? Because I was thinking, if your relationship with the Lord is all about having your needs met, what happens when your needs are met? Right. Then what do you talk to God about? Oh, right. Like, if your whole focus is like, oh, God, when am I going to get married? Well, then you get married. Right. Then what's your relationship with the Lord about? Right, And so I was talking to the Lord about that, and the Lord was like, actually, Alan, I want our relationship to be built around something other than need. I want it to be built around who I am. And I was like, oh, I, I love that. That's great. And the Lord was like, Alan, the answer I always want to give you, no matter what season you're in, is this is who I am. Like, I always want to reveal my nature to you. And the season you find yourself in is actually designed by me to reveal another facet of me so that you have experience with me in that way. Right. And I just, you know, I spent this, honestly, I spent a week with the Lord, and every time he would speak to me, not every time, but there was several times this week when he would speak to me, or I'd read something in the Word, like I'd feel like the Holy Spirit say, hey, go read this, and I'd go read it. I would fall on my knees in awe of the wisdom of God. I was just like, God, you're you're amazing. So wow. I was trying to kind of share that, which I don't know if it translated well or not, but you know, I, I walked in very, very full to share that. And basically God said to me, Alan, I'm I'm the great redeemer. I redeem times and seasons so that your relationship with me is founded on something other than secondhand descriptions of me. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? So good. So so we you know then just kind of talked about that, talked about why do we 
find some seasons harder than others. Of course, mm-hmm. there's external pressures, blah, 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 blah. But I don't know who came up with the saying that if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Basically, the Lord was saying, if you've only ever lived in one season, there's a danger that you think every other season looks like this. Right. So even when I move you seasons, you still treat me, other people, your environment, like you're stuck in the old season. Yeah, that makes sense. He said something to me this week. He said, Alan, many Christians live with an Old Testament view of me while living under a New Testament reality, and they wonder why they're confused. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's got to be weird. Mm-hmm. I tell you what else happened. I was teaching the second service, and I had that moment, as this happened to you, where you're teaching, and suddenly you hear yourself saying the words, and you get a whole download of how it applies to you that you hadn't been aware of before. Yes. I I was... I. I had to pause several times because I was like, Lord, I'm getting I'm getting pinned by the revelation of what you're sharing through me. Right. So then the Lord took me to Deuteronomy 6. In this passage, the people of God are moving from living in a desert to living in the promised land. Like, talk about a shift of seasons. They've been wandering through the desert for 40 years. They're about to be taken to the promised land. Twice in this passage, the Lord basically says to them, Basically, I'm about to bless your socks off, but I'm worried that when I do that, you're going to forget me. You're going to be so distracted by the blessings that you lose sight of the blesser. And that's something that I've been walking in on my own. Like before I read Deuteronomy 6, I was like, Lord, I feel like in the season that we've been in, like all this increased blessing is amazing, but I'm worried it's going to sabotage our relationship. Right, because it feels like when you have an enormous amount of need you're having you're discussing things with god daily even if it is mostly out of your need do you know what i mean but when all of a sudden you're like oh i'm not as worried about whatever then what does your relationship with the lord look like and are you still having discussions with him or is it like well you know i'm doing okay right yeah L- listen to this the lord says in your plenty, do not forget the Lord your God. For when you've become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Wow. I was like, and you know, m- people who are regular listeners to the podcast know that we moved house uh, about a year ago and we're kind of stunned by the blessing of the Lord in this house, and there's a danger that you get caught up in enjoying the house or, you know, spending endless hours tweaking your Apple TV so it looks amazing, or, you know, I need to rip out this and, you know, re-upgrade this or hang this or, you know, change what, and you just get so caught up in managing or maintaining or enjoying the blessing at the expense of enjoying the blesser. And so I was already like thinking along those lines. So when I saw these verses, I was like, oh, Lord, you are so kind. And that is when I thought about the two ditches. You know what you're saying is if you live in lack, there's a danger that your lack can become your idol. Yes. That the only thing you go to the Lord about is lack, 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 lack. Right. Right. But when you enter in a blessing, the danger could become that your idol becomes your lifestyle. Right, And the thing I'd never seen before, but I was raised to believe, is that the lifestyle that Deuteronomy 6 and 8 is talking about, like the promised land, is the bad thing. Mm -hmm. So let me say that again. I grew up with with meager possibilities, meager outlooks. 
Mm. As in, you should just be grateful that God's met your needs. You shouldn't be thinking about praying for nicer or better things, and that's not what God's like. And He's not to, generous. You, well, you've got to stay away from that. You know, that's all prosperity right. teaching. Right. Like, that's the bad thing. Right. Like, the love of money is the root of all evil. And, you know, so I grew up with this, like, uh, you know, abundance and prosperity and so wealth are really bad things. if you, if you really have stuff, things. then that must mean that you love money. R- exactly. Right. But I realized in reading these passages, that's not the problem because all of this that the Lord's talking about is his design. Mm. It's not reckless living that he's worried about. It's about them forgetting the provider of the blessing. Right. So I was like, God, this like that's profound. I, I realized I had promoted lack as a way of keeping me holy. Like I was worried that if you do more than meet my needs, I won't be holy and I'll forsake you. Right. And actually, the Lord's like, no, no, I'd like to do both. I'd actually like to meet your needs and continue to have a relationship with you. Right. Just, and it, it's almost like there's no faith in his power and ability to keep you either, is there? Right. Right. But wow. what's funny for me is all of this has been the Lord leading me into it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Lord, you're so kind. So, we, we talked a little bit about that. We we talked about the the importance of managing things well. And the Lord this week starts speaking to me about, actually, I want to not take you from lack into abundance. I want to take you from lack into stewardship. Right. I actually want to teach you how to steward really, really well. And so I then kind of thought about what does that look like? Like how does stewardship prevent us from forgetting the goodness of God? And so I was praying. I was like, Lord, help me understand that. And that's when the Lord said, go read Matthew 6. And in Matthew 6, it's the famous passage where Jesus says, basically, when you give, give in secret. When you pray, pray in secret. When you fast, fast in secret. Mm -hmm. And so I started thinking about the benefits I've experienced in my life from giving, from praying, and from fasting. And I I thought, I only used to give when I felt compelled to. I only used to pray when I needed something, and I only ever fasted when I really needed something. Mm -hmm. And then I thought about the kindness of the Lord, about how he's taught me those three disciplines over many, many years in seasons where I don't need anything from the Lord. And the benefits that those things bring. Like, I think about the joy that we've experienced, especially in the last year, where we've really, really focused on on giving. Like mm-hmm. we we've we've always been tithers, but we said, all right, we're gonna tithe and on top of that we're gonna purpose every month to give on on you know uh, over and above. Yes. And how that decision has protected our heart from stinginess and and poverty thinking. Yeah. And I thought, oh God, you're amazing because every time we're blessed, we get to bless other people from it. Right, which and, is so fun. And it keeps your heart pure. Yeah. And then I've been thinking about I started thinking about praying like we were teaching the students last week how to hear the voice of the lord mm-hmm. and i was thinking about the wealth of riches i've received from the lord in prayer like i don't pray because i need things i do i mean of course i pray to the lord about my needs all the time but the vast majority of my time spent with the lord is time spent with the lord to enjoy him and him enjoy me mm-hmm. and i was like it's so important that you have that as a discipline in good and bad seasons so that nothing moves you from intimacy with God. Does that make sense? Like, I just think if I got to the point where I didn't need anything from the Lord, would I still spend time with Him? I would hope the answer is yes. I can ensure the answer is yes by having a disciplined prayer life. Right. Yeah. That's you okay? really good. You look like you're falling asleep. I am. You're I'm so sorry, babe. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm so tired. Hang on, I'll take my shirt off. Mm-hmm. 
much better. There we go. All right. Just <laughs> concentrate. And then lastly, I was thinking about fasting, mm. how when I fast, I'm constantly aware that I'm hungry. Like, that's the most pressing thing in my mind. I am hungry. Right. And then the second thought is, why am I hungry? Oh, yeah, I'm denying myself food. Why am I denying myself food? Because I actually want something from the Lord that only comes through fasting. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, like, how genius of God to give us three things we can do in any season to keep our heart from forgetting who he is and what he's like. So good, babe. Thanks. It's it, it's better uh, when it's not 10 p.m. at night and we're both falling asleep. <laughs> Sounded pretty good to me. And then I ended up sharing that dream I had about uh, the 12 years of abundance. Oh, yeah. And and I was amazed at um, the whole song and reaping thing. Anyway, I, I don't know if that made sense. Um, dear listener, if that made no sense, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the actual message from this morning. All right, let's wrap up this bad boy. So as we wrap up, we want to let you know that we have a killer conference coming up at Grace Center. It is actually our Heaven Declares conference that we run every year. This year we have David Campbell coming and Gary Morgan. We've interviewed both of these guys on the podcast previously, so if you want to hear their testimonies or get an idea about their lives, um, we will put those things in the show notes so that you can actually uh, find those episodes more easily. And this is a little bit out there, but when I was thinking about that tonight, I thought about listeners who are listening to this podcast who don't live in America and were thinking, I wonder if I should go to that conference. If that's you, I think you probably should which I don't, you know, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but literally as I, was, as I was thinking about the conference, I had this vision of somebody listening to this podcast and thinking to themselves, I wonder if I should go to that conference. And if that's you thinking that, then I felt like the Holy Spirit said it would be really good. Yeah. So yeah. have fun with that. And, and honestly, I think we're we're expecting this conference to sell out. It's right. it's selling fast. Mm-hmm. Um, with, you know, with good reason. We're we're excited. We're just super excited to see what God's going to do. No word of lie. I have to ask Gary before I can use these examples. Gary called me last week, and he shared three testimonies with me of his last trip, and and I burst into tears at one of the the stories he told me. So I want his permission to be able to share the the stories. But he told me testimonies of of things the Lord said through him on that weekend, and I they're stories I haven't heard before. Like. Yeah. Like levels of prophetic revelation I have not heard before. Yeah. I'm so excited. So really excited about that conference. Yeah. yeah. There's a link in the show notes to where you can get tickets, but we hope to see you at that conference. And then finally, this podcast is powered by listeners just like you. From as little as $3 a month, you can help invest in keeping up with the Joneses. Each month, we've got special goodies just for our supporters. And if you sign up this week, you'll be eligible for October's goodies. So thanks to our listeners who've already signed up to be supporters. Join them by heading over to alanandaj.com slash support. So until next week, we are praying for you, and we hope that you have a wonderful week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses They talk about faith in God 
sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone